WearMaskMarket.com, a Michigan-based company that allows you to create your own unique mask for you, your family, or business. We have over 100 pre-made designs that can be shipped within 24 hours. And if you buy one today, we will donate one. Let's work together to help others in this time of need. Only at MaskMarket.com. Hey, this is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to take a minute to tell you about POW Audio. Now, POW Audio is going to change your listening experience. You're probably asking yourself, TJ, how is POW Audio going to change my listening experience? Because POW Audio has a revolutionary design, delivers a crystal clear and powerful sound in a collapsible Bluetooth speaker. That's right, collapsible Bluetooth speaker and is designed for ultimate portability. So check out Facebook.com, search POW Audio or on their website, POWAudio.com. That's P-O-W-Audio.com. One more time. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you for checking out the pregame edition of the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, The Saints have a matchup against the Detroit Lions in this week four. And I want to say thank you all for checking out the pregame show. And I'm going to be taking some of your video calls and some of your calls really, really soon. Uh, but we want to talk about some news that, that took place uh, on last night. Uh, the New Orleans Saints fullback Michael Burton uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And, um, of course, you know this was a big scare because once you're dealing with people that test positive for COVID-19, not only do you have to test them, but you have to test people that came close in contact with, with a player like Michael Burton. So there was even uh, some news talking about Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, being close to him and being tested. And uh, turns out, you know, the, the whole team was indeed tested and those that were close to him was tested uh, around, I think, midnight. And it turns out that Michael Burton's test uh, was a false positive. So he took two more tests and they both came back negative. So Michael Burton will play in this game against the Detroit Lions and everybody tested on the New Orleans Saints roster uh, was negative as well. You know, so I want to go ahead and clear that up. I know a lot of people, I was looking uh, at some of the uh, comments uh, from which I I clearly don't understand. Okay, look, I love everybody here. I appreciate everybody, but I don't understand how people can take a a title and just automatically just think that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I would encourage everybody, you know what I'm saying, to not look at the titles in which, you know what I'm saying? I put on there, at least look at the video before you make a comment because, you know, I don't know, man. Me personally, 
I'm not going to just look at a title or something. I'm going to read the article. I'm not going to just look at the title of a video. I'm going to actually look at the video. So I don't get it. Like people acting like they telling me something I didn't know by saying the positive, the test was false. The title was based on the fact that Michael Burden indeed uh, tested positive at the beginning. Okay. And of course we know what happened at the end. So I just want to go ahead and clear that up. And I encourage everybody, please, pretty please. Please hold your, your comments to I, when I put out a video. It's not like you're going to you know, put me out there like I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, I read it just as much as you do. I talk to just as many reporters, you know what I'm saying, that give me this, these type of information. They DM me. They give me this information. And I try to give it back to you all. So I just want to go ahead and clear that up. I indeed knew already that he tested negative. He had a, a false positive. But there are some people out there that probably didn't look at the story. Okay, everybody didn't wake up in the morning and watch ESPN or, or read the articles. There are some people don't know what happened. They only know about certain things. So we want to go ahead and clear that up. I just want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room with that and just let you all know that uh, please to check out the videos or check out the articles before you even make a comment, because I just feel like anybody that's just jumping out a window without even looking or reading or viewing a, a, a you know what I'm saying an article or viewing a video it just it just asinine but I want to say uh, thank you all thank you all for checking out the the chat you know what I'm saying I mean checking out uh the video those that are in the chat I really do appreciate that as well uh I just want to give a special shout out to uh massmarket.com the official sponsor of the state of the Saints podcast uh at the end of the game week four uh, Detroit Lions versus New Orleans Saints. I will announce the winner who will receive a free uh, State of the Saints podcast mask, cur uh, courtesy of maskmarket.com. But I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to take your uh, phone calls and, and video calls in, in just a minute. We're going to go ahead and break down this game. Uh, how do I see this game going? Look, who that nation. I had an opportunity to take to, uh, yesterday to kind of, you know, get my thoughts together about what I wanted to say to you all uh, today um i didn't do a video yesterday uh, i took that opportunity just to chill with my, my my family and stuff like that my wife and my son and also to kind of you know recharge the batteries because i wanted to make sure that i really thought about what i am going to tell you today on this pregame show look when i first heard about janoris jenkins marshawn Lattimore, andrews Pete, michael thomas Jerry Cook being out of this game, the first thought in my mind was the New Orleans Saints are in trouble. You know, the New Orleans Saints are in trouble. Uh, we all know about some of the growing pains that this secondary is dealing with, and that's even with Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore on the field. Uh, we we talked about we talked about Ken Crawley being signed back to the team. Uh, we talked about some of the moves that the Saints were making. You know, who that nation? I'm the biggest Saints fan you're gonna find on this side of the Mississippi. All right. I'm a diehard Saints fan. I love the Saints, but I just have to be honest with you today. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I can care less who gets mad at me for saying this. Sean Payton and his coaching staff are the reason why this team does not step forward. They do not get over the hump. The New Orleans Saints constantly bring back these same old dudes over and over again, and they don't try to go out here and try to get anybody else. There's a reason why. You decide to move on from a guy like Ken Crawley. I don't understand what can Ken Crawley give you except for NFL experience that a young guy like he Washington couldn't. Because 
if Keith Washington was to come into this game and he was to get smoked, right? If he was to get burnt, uh, that's the same thing would happen with Ken Crawley. Ken Crawley is not a good cornerback, folks. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? We're going to turn back the hands of time or something like that. He's going to channel that game where he uh, went up against the Miami Dolphins in London. He had one of his best showings. This guy got cut by the New Orleans Saints. This guy, before he got cut, was on a practice squad. He was in sweats and a hoodie. And I just do not understand why the New Orleans Saints constantly digging a crates, getting these old, sorry, pathetic excuse for players that they cut, bringing these guys back only to do the same thing they did to get them cut. You have a young kid who's about six foot one, about 210 pounds in Key Washington, who had a really good training camp. And you're telling me that your coaching staff is so incompetent that you can't get a game plan together to get this young guy on the field. And I can't take, oh, we didn't have OTAs a minicamp because I'm watching young rookies like the, the rookie Snee from Louisiana Tech out there for Kansas City. As of right now, this guy is leading the league in interceptions. The Kansas City Chiefs took a chance on this player, took a chance on this guy. This guy didn't go to a power conference school. He went to Louisiana Tech out in Ruston, Louisiana, and now this guy's tearing the league up right now. One of the best defensive players that the Kansas City Chiefs have to offer. I am sick and I am tired of the impatience of the New Orleans Saints coaching staff and their inability to train these guys up to put these guys on the field right away. What in the hell? Is Ken Crawley, who got signed on a Tuesday or Wednesday, going out here going to be in a part of your defensive rotation? Oh, he knows the playbook. Look, I, I look. I know for a fact Keith Washington knows enough of this playbook. Or you've seen enough Keith Washington tape that you can put this guy in positions to succeed. This is what constantly makes the Saints not be able to get over the hump. You keep on bringing in these same guys. They brought back Manti Teo. They brought back Stephon Anthony. They brought back, you know what I'm saying, Kent Crawley. They bring back all these sorry excuse for players. Manti Teo, who can't, who's a liability in coverage. Stephon Anthony, who's a liability in coverage. Uh, coverage. And, Ke- and Kent Crawley, who's a liability in coverage. Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe I'm missing something. And I get it, man. Sean Payton wants everybody to think that you're a genius. You try to stay ahead of the curve. But in the process, you're hurting the team. You're hurting the team, man. Get these young guys involved. Look, I mean, that is the main issue right now with the offense. You got all this young talent on your team. I'm sick and I'm tired of watching guys like Patrick Mahomes trusting some of these young receivers. I'm sick and tired of watching the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen be able to trust John Brown and trust uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, a guy that just got off the street, you know what I'm saying, from Minnesota. And you know what I'm saying, no OTAs, no minicamp. I cannot accept, oh, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees, and he don't have chemistry with his receivers. Drew Brees doesn't trust these receivers enough for them to do their job. And because of that, this offense becomes one-dimensional. He becomes check down Charlie. Everybody in their mama know Alvin Kamara going to get the football. Everybody in their mama know Michael Thomas going to get the football. And it is absolutely pathetic to watch this. Because if you're a genius like you say you are, if you got all of the skills offensively that everybody sings your praises, say that you have, why in the hell can't you get Marquez Callaway some more touches? Why can't you get uh, Deontay Harris some more targets? Why can't you get Traquan Smith some more targets? Why can't you get Emmanuel Sanders more involved? How is it that Emmanuel Sanders, 
can leave the Denver Broncos mid-season, mid-season, folks, go to the San Francisco 49ers and become a valuable asset as soon as he walks through the door. And how is it that Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders can't get on the same page? Don't give me this stuff about OTAs and minicamp because last year, Emmanuel Sanders didn't even have a bye week, okay? He didn't even have a bye week. This guy played 17 straight games because he got cut, you know what I'm saying, before he had opportunity to to get a bye. He comes in the first game with Jimmy Garoppolo and scores two touchdowns. How is it on a third and 16? He converted two third and 16s against the Los Angeles Rams a couple weeks later, and we're still dealing with, oh, the chemistry between Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees ain't on the same page. I'm not the smartest guy in the world who that nation, but I believe that Drew Brees is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So why is it that Drew Brees can't get the ball to Emmanuel Sanders consistently, but Jimmy Garoppolo could? It's because these guys trust these receivers to be playmakers. They're not worried about stats. They're not worried about efficiency. They're not worried about timing and all that kind of other crap. They're trying to win football games. The reason why the New Orleans Saints are losing football games because they are too damn conservative. This team could easily, could easily lower the boom of many a weeks. But we find ourselves as fans on the edge of our seats week after week as the New Orleans Saints go up against mediocre quarterback play at best. Now, the only time these guys really shine at quarterback is when they play the Saints. The most time this their offense shines is when they play the Saints. So why is it that as good as the New Orleans Saints team is, as, as many great draft picks they had over the years, as many free agents that came in and have been valuable assets to this team, why is it that the New Orleans Saints cannot put the foot on the throats of their opponents? Why can't they do it? Why are we sitting up here with one minute, two minutes left? We're hoping and wishing that Will Lutz kick a field goal or Drew Brees can drive us down the field. It's very, very simple, folks. When you have a defense that bring in those same people year after year who have been setting your defense back, and you combine that with the inability to push some of these other offensive players, this is the reason why we're in the situation we're in right now. Because a lot of the NFL and a lot of things that you deal with when it comes to games are about luck, okay? Sometimes luck has to play a real role in some of these games. And sometimes the ball bounces the way of the Saints, more times than not. But what happens when the ball is not bouncing your way? What happens when you fumble the football like you did against the Green Bay Packers? What happens when your defense is getting shredded like cheese? What do you do then? I'll tell you what you do there, who that nation. You become conservative and you get exposed. The Saints need to be more aggressive offensively. They need to stop bringing in these same sorry, pathetic dudes playing the position at cornerback and safety like these guys are going to turn a corner. These guys have been in the league five, six years. Five, six years. And we're still having the same issues over and over and over again. So anybody that's out here that's just thinking that all of a sudden Ken Crawley is going to become Darrell Revis or he's going to become uh, Steph, uh, Stephon Gilmore or something like that, you're wasting your damn time. And everybody around here that's still thinking that the New Orleans Saints are still making good decisions when it comes to bringing these same guys back. I mean, that's just straight up asinine. Move forward, develop some of your players. Look, I mean, honestly, look at the secondary of the Green Bay Packers. 
Look at the secondary of the Green Bay Packers. Every guy that they have in their secondary, they drafted. The linebackers that they have, you know what I'm saying? Like the most the majority of the linebackers they, they use in the game, they develop those guys. And the offensive line. And a, and a pass rush they got from other teams. So they were able to go out here and get Preston and Zadarius Smith. They were able to get these guys because they developed some of their younger guys. That is how you build the team. It's not going out here getting a whole bunch of free agents and it's damn showing about going back and keep on signing guys that have been liabilities ever since they put on the Saints uniform. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And it's time for us to get real. This team is being held back because of head coach Sean Payton and a conservative play calling and the inability to lower the boom, to be more aggressive, to trust the receivers to make plays. All right. You can't just look at a guy and say, oh, he in his first year. He ain't ready for that. Like bump that, man. Stop stunting the growth of these receivers. You know, stop. Stop stunning the growth of some of these other players that could be in the secondary. Your secondary stinks right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say it, but if you lose this game today, you done lost to two NFC opponents and you're setting yourself back further away from an opportunity to make the playoffs. So right now, I feel like desperation needs to be on, on the agenda. And some people say, oh, man, it's week four, just week four. But do you understand? They cannot lose to NFC opponents. The, them losing to the Green Bay Packers last week was way more detrimental than them losing to the Raiders because their, their conference, their, the, the Green Bay Packers are in their conference and the, the Raiders are not. So it's time for us to get real, folks. Asking and wishing and holding four lead clovers and weighing your lucky draws ain't cutting it. This team needs to get a little bit more aggressive and they need to start simplifying things. Putting, you know what I'm saying? Like, focus on the things that these guys do well, develop from there, and keep it moving. And if these guys don't have it, try to find somebody else that does. Have enough patience to develop some of these young players so they can be valuable assets to your team. As long as you continue to go out here and try to bring back Stefan Anthony and Man Tateo type players and Ken Crawley, you're going to be in the same situation. These guys didn't have it when they were in the Saints uniform. That's the reason why you cut them. So what makes you think they're going to have it this time around? I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, folks. I'm going to go to the comments here. Anthony says, how we go from a big play team to a check down team. It's very simple. When you don't develop players and you put all of your eggs in one basket, that's the reason why we get to this point. When you focus so much on one player, Michael Thomas, who is great, you know, arguably, you know what I'm saying? Like you can say top two wide receiver in all of the NFL. But when you put all your eggs in one basket, I mean, the other person over there ain't eating. They not developing. You're not taking a time out to focus on that player and his development because you're too busy trying to put one player part of the game plan. Well, what happens when you don't have that player in your lineup? You suffer, right? And we're talking about chemistry and all that kind of stuff there. Well, what happened to, you know, grabbing guys after practice? That's not named Michael Thomas. Shouldn't you be working with those guys and making sure that you're on the same page with them too, right? Because when you do that you're just hoping and wishing that michael thomas doesn't get hurt and he did get hurt so now you're expecting traquan smith a guy that you probably you know put to the side because michael thomas was so talented you got him out here running around like an electric man at, you know what I'm saying on one of those electric football tables got him running around in a circle having him as a third tight end blocking 
you're stunting his growth because you're so focused on Michael Thomas and checking it down to Alvin Kamara. Well, what happens with Traquan Smith? What happens with Marquez Callaway? What happens with Deontay Harris? What happens to those guys? They suffer because you're so focused on a few players. All right. Those players are good. They're great. They'll get you production. They're elite. But what happens when this guy's getting double and triple team? And you expect this guy like Traquan Smith to turn to Terror Owens when you ain't even playing, paying no attention to this guy. You ain't giving this guy the attention that he need in order for him to grow and develop. And you're stunning his growth because you're not paying that much attention to him. You're giving it all the focus to somebody else. So that's why we're at this point. We're at this point because we're not doing our due diligence. We're not doing our homework and we're not looking at all these other guys and all these endless possibilities. I don't need to, I don't need to uh, wonder, are they doing this? All I got to do is watch the damn game. All I got to do is watch the game. You look at people like Lil Jordan Humphreys who played in the lineup last year. This guy getting no target. You look at Christian Hogan who played about four or five games, got one target against the Tennessee Titans. You look at somebody like Austin Carr. I mean, this guy, you 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 got a better chance seeing a loony eclipse before this guy even get a pass thrown his way. Same old thing. Same old song and dance. That is why we're at this point. It's too damn predictable. This offense is too damn predictable. And you combine that with sorry defensive play, what you got? You, 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 got, a, you got a train wreck. You got a train wreck. Release P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams should have been gone. He should have been gone. Listening, y'all, but can't respond back wrong. I agree, TJ. This is crazy. Uh, I don't know. We love bringing back players from 10 years ago. Yeah. So bring back them same old guys. You know, you got to stop doing it, man. You got to move forward. Why are we drafting players and not using them? Stashing them on the bench and signing free Asian guys to start. Uh, it's definitely coaching and whoever helps uh, when making personnel decisions. I'm going to tell y'all something, man. I really just feel like this coaching staff is lazy. I'm serious. I'm calling out the coaching staff today. I'm calling out the coaching staff because they lazy. They'd rather go out here and get guys that are free agents that have been pros for years. And I get it. I, I get it, folks. When you're a rookie coming into the NFL, the speed of the game kind of gets to you. You don't play as fast. So if you go out here and you get yourself another free agent who's been a veteran, who understands the speed of the NFL – it's less coaching you have to do, but that's lazy as hell, right? That that's lazy, man. Yo, that is that is so doggone lazy. That's equivalent to me. Like, okay, let's just say, for example, you know, I got I got a light socket that that holds uh, four light bulbs, right? One of the light bulbs go out, but I'm like, ah, you know, what I'm saying the room's still illuminating. I don't need to change this third light bulb. Why the hell not? Okay, why the hell wouldn't I want to change it? I mean, all I got is a light bulb under the sink. It's not like I have to go to Lowe's or Home Depot to get it. All I got to do is just take it out and put it in there, and it will shine even brighter in the room, right? That's what the Saints need to do, need to develop some of these players. They 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 spend most of their time trying to get these other guys, and they neglect certain guys because they feel like, oh, well, if I get this guy in, we should be okay. But you're making the other guy suffer in the process. So why not coach this guy up? There is no excuse why Zach Barnes shouldn't be in the lineup. There is no excuse why this guy only got a few special teams plays. Are you telling me that a guy who was ranked higher than Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray among pro football focus coming into the draft is not smart enough, uh, doesn't grasp the defense enough 
to be on the field. That is lazy. This coaching staff is lazy. That's just what it is. That's the reason why the Saints don't really try to go out here aggressively trying to draft a quarterback. That's the reason why they didn't want to get Lamar Jackson in the first place. Because they didn't want to take the time to, to put him into this offense for him to learn. Oh, let's go out here and let's get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he's been in the league for a while. Oh, let's go get Jameis Winston. He's been in the league for a while. Well, if you get a young player, if you get a young player, a young quarterback, and you develop him for three to four years, you don't have to worry about a contract, and you can surround players around him to succeed. But instead, you want to go out here and get these other quarterbacks who eventually only on one-year deals, and you know for a fact you're not going to be able to sign them. What is going to happen next year, folks? Jameis Winston only signed a one-year contract. And if Jameis Winston sits behind Drew Brees and doesn't really take a snap, what you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? People are going to forget about those 30 for 30. And they're going the only last uh, thing they're going to have is they're going to go out here and they're going to be like, well, Jameis Winston, he, he learned behind Drew Brees. You know, he learned behind Drew. What up, buddy? I got my son up in here. Paxton just walked in the room. But anyway, you know, like they're going to be like, well, he learned behind Drew Brees. Maybe we need to get this guy another contract. You know what I'm saying? He's going to end up getting a couple years. Yeah, maybe not like a $20 million contract like Bridgewater, but he's going to be in a position where you're not going to be able to afford him. And then if you decide to go with Taysom, let's just say, for example, he doesn't pan out. But if you would have drafted a quarterback, he would have been behind Drew Brees. He would have uh, learned behind Drew Brees. He would have developed behind Drew Brees. And you know what I'm saying? Like, if you decide to go away from Jameis or whatever like that, you still have somebody that can compete with Taysom. But they don't take the time out. They don't have the patience. They don't have the patience to go out here and try to develop guys. They rather go out here and get these free agency. They rather go in free agency, get these free agents, and try to work on, you know, and try to uh, you know, work with them instead of working with the, some of these younger players. And and I, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it, man. You can't be that lazy. You can't be that lazy. And honestly, the coaching that they're gonna do eventually is gonna catch up to you. And some of these conversations that we're having, they're going to get more and more ugly. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling bad by saying this either. You know, I'm not feeling bad. And people are like, oh, it's just week four. But this has been stuff that has been going on for a long time. It's been going on for a long time. Going out here, digging in the crates, finding these old dudes. You know what I'm saying? That don't, that's not beneficial to the team. You cut these guys. You cut them. You cut them for a reason. That's all I'm saying, man. You cut them for a reason. TJ, where do you go watch the uh, Saints games if they're not on in your uh, time zone? Well, um, no, nah, I just watch it on uh, on New Orleans uh, Saints Live. You know what I'm saying? Check out New Orleans Saints Live. They're on Facebook. Or, you know, I might go like Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that and go check it out. Uh, shirt. <laughs> Let's see. Uh they did draft the quarterback. They wanted him to be a tight end. Then they cut him. Yeah, and they put him on the practice squad. And because and they never wanted him to be a quarterback. See, that's that's the thing, Nick. They didn't want him to be a quarterback. Who that Davis? What's going on, man? What's going on, TJ? Man, you said a mouthful, bro. You said a mouthful. And I honestly agree with every single point. I I came here 
expected to have the same the same type of ram, but you said you pretty much pulled every single word out of my own mouth. So shouts yeah. out to you, man. You know yeah. your stuff. But yeah, man. since with all that being said, my predictions for this game, we're going one and three. Hmm. I hate to say it, but we're going one hmm. and three. Hmm. Uh, I look at it. I look at the Lions' offensive line, the Lions' uh, receiver core, Matthew Stafford. Their record doesn't tell the whole story about this team. They are. They may be. Uh, they may be winless right now, but they are in it every four quarters. And I said this last time I was here. They are in it every four quarters. Yep. The only way that yep. Sean Payton has a chance of winning this game, and we all know that it's not going to happen, especially since these guys are coming off COVID testing late in the night. They're going to be coming yep. in tired. They're going to be coming in drowsy. Yep. They yep. need to pound this ball. But Sean Payne's not going to do that. You need to keep your offense on the field and keep the ball away from Matthew Stafford. That is the only chance you're going to win this game. Because if you put stock in people like P.J. Williams, who was per, who may be playing on the outside, if you put stock in Patrick Robinson, if you put stock in Ken Crawley to try and win you a game or try to get a stop on a crucial third down, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. The only way I see this defense – Trying to trying to be any kind of productive is if the defensive front seven has any type of pressure on Matthew Stafford because he's not a runner, he's not a quarterback, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, he's not a not a Russell Wilson or a Lamar Jackson. He is a pocket passer, which is very rare. So you have a chance to affect the passing game, and the only way that's going to happen is if they went up front, especially in the middle with Malcolm Roach, Malcolm Brown, David Onyemata is back, he's healthy, which is good. That the, like those four up the middle, they have to win their battles. Cam Jordan has to win his battles. The only the, my problem is the opposite side. That's where Zach Bond could have been plugged in that on the opposite side as an edge rusher. He made his living off of that in Wisconsin. So I don't understand why they don't get this man the rest that he needs as an edge rusher, especially this this man's quick off the edge. This guy's lightning fast off the edge. Yeah. He's a Wolverine for a freaking reason. I call him that. Ever since I saw him in Wisconsin, so it it it, it mind boggles me. It mind boggles me to a T. Why do not have this man on the field? You have Adam Troutman, who who's coming off one of his best college careers yet in terms of it's a touchdown receptions, 14, 14 for a right. tight end. This guy is fast. He is athletic. He can get up there with a George Kittle. Who 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 are coaches that even even compared him to? So you, the fact you're not getting him more touches with the ball, it mind boggles me. You have Emmanuel Sanders, 800, 800 yards reception between two teams last season. Like you right. touched on it already. It mind boggles right. me. Deontay Harris, mind boggles me. All these playmakers, it mind boggles me. And they, the only <laughs> – oh, TJ, Man. it's bad. It's a winnable game. It is a very winnable game if they just – stick to the bread and butter, but they're not going to stick to the bread and butter. Sean Payne likes to be cute. We don't have time to be cute. We have, to, we need to be aggressive. Like you said, like, sorry. Sorry. No, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's making perfect sense. You know, we all know how they can win this football game. We know that they need to control the time of possession, get the heck up out of here. You know what I'm saying? And we also know they need to get pressure on Stafford and look, I, I look as much like I said, as much I love New Orleans Saints, I'm gonna be 100 with y'all. I'm starting Matthew Stafford right now in fantasy football. I am, I am like, what what makes what, what any like, seriously, 
Oh. What have you seen from the same secondary when they had starters in? And now you're going to have backups in. Like, if you want to win fantasy like me, why not start Matthew Stafford? Why not? You know, like, so they're not going to do what they're supposed to do in certain ways. You know what I'm saying? I still think they're going to win this football game. I still do because I think they're going to win by a field goal. I think it's going to be like 34-31 or something like that. But I, I do feel like from what I see, you know, throwing the ball down the field, bad technique, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to hurt them. It is. It's really going to hurt them. And I just think that, you know, it's going to be like one of those games where they're just going to have to play catch up. But they need to have more confidence in some of these other players. They need to have more confidence in these players, man. That's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of seeing the same old song and dance. And, like, the only logical explanation I have for it is Sean Payton just don't want to. And Drew Brees just don't want to. So, yeah, but who that, man? Thank you, man, for your analysis. I I appreciate that. Now, what you're saying? Go ahead, man. Always, TJ. I'll call back next time. All right. Nah, having a little bit delay. Let's see. Sanchez, what's going on, man? Man, what's up, TJ? Good morning. Who that nation? How everybody doing? Yeah. Man, we're doing all right, man. We talking about this game. Uh, what you think about it? Oh, uh, to be honest, TJ, just real quick, and I have a question to follow up after this. Okay. Um, to be honest about this game, man, I think one and three. I don't think it's a unreal um, possibility. I think right, it, right. there's a chance that it can happen. Uh, my second point is, these past few years, we once again we've been saying the same song and dance, PJ. Uh, Williams, Ken Crawley, Patrick Robinson. If I get, they say imitation is the best form of flattery. Mm. I don't want to see nobody in our secondary continue to get smoked like brisket and burnt like a biscuit. That's right. I, I, I'm tired of it. And the quick question I had was, I, I, I wanted to, you to expand real quick on uh, the laziness of the coaching staff. And oh, yeah. the, the question is, uh, mm. do you think? Uh, Damn, I, I forgot the question. Do you think that's the that's the reason why we don't have these uh, the trust in our in our players? Is, is that the reason why we keep bringing back the same song and dancing because we are just being lazy of not developing these guys? What's the point of drafting and what's the point of once again? We basically got live advertisements on the sideline. Yep, we got hidden gems, possible hidden gems. It's just advertising science merchandise for fanatics.com <laughs> and it, it's 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 it getting sickening to see and once again yeah it is time to it might be time to go and hit that panic button especially if we hold the L today yeah well this this is this is the way i feel about it, it it's, it's very very simple um i just look at this coaching staff i see with the guys that they actually bring on the field versus the guys that they bring in the young players like, for example, like uh, Saquon Hampton, a guy they drafted out of Rutgers, never seen a field. Uh, you look at Zach Barn, a guy who they got in the third round, that have not seen a field, you know what I'm saying, consistently. Uh, you look at some of these younger players, you know what I'm saying, that they draft get it, as undrafted free agents. Don't give these guys the opportunity to hit the field. Uh, I just feel like the New Orleans Saints coaching staff are lazy. They don't take the time out to try to develop any of these players. They just got them as – you know, practice squad players or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I think that most of the time, it seems like to me, they get these guys, if they're like a certain size, a certain height or something like that, and they put them mm-hmm. out there, you know, because they feel like, I guess they feel like they're going up against players of all different shapes and sizes. So maybe if I could draft this guy, 
You can put him on the practice squad. He can give us a look that we might see on Sundays. Look, the Saints need to start developing some of these players. This is the problem. This is the reason why, even though they do a good job at weathering the storm, this is the reason why they're being cap held because they go out here in the free agency and try to get all these different guys and they go back and bring back some of these other guys that are veterans and you can get a young guy on a rookie deal and you can build uh-huh. your team like that. Uh-huh. You, you can you can basically build your team like that. Like, you know, I, I just feel like that is the way that teams become successful. You can like you can there's there's two ways you can do this, right? You uh-huh. can do it the Tampa Bay way, right? Tampa Bay went out here, got Tom Brady and got a whole bunch of other pieces around him. And uh-huh. just for one shot at a Super Bowl, because we all know Tom Brady one, two years tops, you know what I'm saying, is what he got left. You can right. do it that way. Or you could do it like, you know what I'm saying, some of these other teams did it. Like the Dallas Cowboys, I hate to say it, but back in the 90s, how they traded Herschel Walker. And they went out here and they, they got draft capital for it. And they built their team around uh, around players that they actually drafted. You can do it that way. Me, personally, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, there's a reason why they won those three Super Bowls, you know what I'm saying? Because they built the team. And there's a reason why you see a, a team that are trying to construct a whole bunch of guys together like the Philadelphia Eagles did, getting a whole bunch of different guys off free agency and stuff like that, combined them together like Chris Long and, you know what I'm saying, and some of, other, so mm-hmm. some of those other guys in order for them to win that one Super Bowl. You could do it that way. But as you can see right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are struggling, all right, because they put all of that, all of that money out there in free agency. For the, and then not to mention, they just signed Carson Wentz to a big contract. Yep. So you got to learn how to develop your players. You got to learn how to develop them. And I just think that the Saints coaching staff is lazy. I really do, Sanchez. I think that they're very, very lazy and it's hurting this team. It's hurting these other players, man. And when you start to get three, four years into like the, you know, your NFL career, it starts to get in the back of your mind. Maybe I'm not good enough. And then when you go to other teams, because the team that you was with all those years was developing you, well, you suffer you on the next thing. Yep, uh-huh. you suffer on the next thing. Uh-huh. So I just I just hope that the Saints uh can learn from this, man. I mean, you look at the guy Henderson out there um for the for the Rams, Cam Akers for Florida State, he was supposed to be the go-to guy. He goes down with a rib injury for the last couple of weeks. This guy's been balling out. You know what I'm saying? But the Rams took a chance on this young kid. If they went, you know what I'm saying? If they were like the Saints, he'll probably be on the sideline in sweats and hoodies. Okay, you got to give these guys position. an opportunity, man. You just got to. Uh, Sanchez, man, I appreciate it, man. I got a couple more people on the line. Uh, feel free to call back after the game, too, my brother. Yes, sir. We'll do. All right. Take it easy, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Baddest, uh, Baddest Sports Show. What's going on, man? Good morning, brother. Good morning. Right, uh, Sean Payton. That's one of the biggest criticisms that I have of Sean Payton and his his staff of not having patience with the organization. Matter of fact, um, we have had multiple players leave this organization and become something because of his uh, lack of patience. And one of the guys was a linebacker who became one of the uh, all greats for uh, the New England Patriots. Yep. Can't think of his uh, name. Nickovich. You're talking about Rob Nickovich. Yeah, Rob Nickovich. Yes, I mean... Sean Payton has it, and then when you talk about Hicks, Hakeem Hicks, there's no way in the world that Hakeem Hicks should have been out the door. There's no way in the world, and and it takes, like you said, laziness of the organization, laziness of not wanting to work with individuals like the wide receiver we had. Uh, He's uh, the guy 
uh, is 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 a slam dunk in a uh, preseason. He's Emmanuel, a slam. Emmanuel Butler. Emmanuel, yeah. yeah uh, Emmanuel. Matter of fact, a slam dunk. He's killing people in practice, but you can't find a way to get the kid on the field. We can't even see some people. Uh, you know, even in my years of coaching, I was one. I, I had a opportunity of coaching Jacoby Jones, former uh Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, player. I was uh, I was his coach. But yeah, uh, man, he was I, actually, hey, it's crazy, man. He was actually my tutor. Um, I used to go to Oakwood Bound at UNO. He tutored me and Matt, man, my my senior year, man. He really? reason, yeah, 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 man. I know I know Jacoby really well. Yeah, yes, I, yeah. They used to the knock on Jacoby was Jacoby. I mean, Jacoby was uh, you know, he he wasn't you know when he first came out. A lot of you know he was scary. They, they used to say he was scary. He wasn't you know he wouldn't. But uh, of course, with development of Baltimore and development with other uh, programs, made Jacoby what he was and be, right. became. Sometimes you got to take time as a coach and develop these kids. And I don't think the Saints have done that. Uh, multiple times we let guys get out out the door. Uh, and even even with the little kid that we got at wide receiver right now, um, you know, uh, the, the the young man who came out of the small uh, small school right now. Excuse me for the um, as far Deontay as like Harris. Deontay Harris. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can't tell me that this kid can't be our D threat. You yeah. cannot tell me that, that that he cannot be our D threat. And some of the things that I keep telling you is maybe Sean Payton. And I know you've been saying I'd be like saying Sean Payton can't uh, coach plays no more, and I'd be on him. But let me tell you something. Pete called Michael in 2015. This is a fact. When the Bounty Gate, uh, I think it was 2016. Uh, not not not. Uh, uh, it was 2016. The, the next year after the Bounty Gate, when he was suspended, when Sean Payton was suspended. The Saints was one of the top uh, teams in the NFL uh, uh, still with, with, with Pete Carmichael, not defensively, right. offensively. Right. They still had a 5,000-yard quarterback. Mm -hmm. So what the point what I'm saying is Sean could be the head coach and the overseer and help on the other side of the ball as far as staying on, on, uh, on Dennis Allen and be the overseer. I, don't like, I think his, his, his days of being that guy is over with. He's not showing with these Sean McVay's and, and all these other guys. I don't see a lot of flashes of what I used to when I was young, when we first saw the younger Sean Payton. He's not as aggressive. He's not a rotating wide receivers in and out like he used to. He don't even call aggressive or uh, offside kicks. He don't do anything that I see when he first became. The, he's so arrogant. And this is what I hate about our coach. He's so arrogant. You can't tell him nothing. So, I'm just saying I, I completely agree with you um, that that the Saints have to do a better job with evaluating and keeping their talent, not just getting rid of, you know, drafting guys, but keeping the guys. Man, I, I look at it like this every, you know, there's, there's one guy that, that um, I think needs to be mentioned too, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold oh. on third oh. down dropped the pass in the back of the end zone in the NFC Championship game, and I feel like that kind of stuck in the back of the mind of Sean Payton. So he cut the dude. This dude out in Arizona right now balling out. Like, seriously. <laughs> go, look, go look at that. Like, I encourage her. Go look at Dan Arnold's stats. Dan Arnold has been balling. You know what I'm saying? He's the starting tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. You One of Kyler Murray's go-to guys. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And I have not this, been following Arizona. Thank you man, for saying it. Go look at Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold out there balling. Dan Arnold, is, you know, is, is stepping up his game. And that's one of those guys that could have easily just been in this locker room. Could have, you know what I'm saying? Honestly, if, if you probably would have had a little bit more patience and more faith than Dan Arnold, even, even though I like the kid, Adam Troutman probably wouldn't even been here. 
because I feel like he would have gave you that set, that type of production. And maybe you could have used the Adam Troutman pick on for on another quarterback. Yeah, or something. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't – look, like I said, man, and, and patience is real. You know what I'm saying? I, now, I hate to I'm, say I'm it. I'm going to leave you right now, uh, TJ, but I want to tell you one, one more thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You just brought up Adam Troutman. Mm -hmm. I think this is gonna be Adam Adam Troutman game. Um, right. uh, uh, I'm glad you say that. Look, let me tell you something. Sometimes when a guy like Cooks get injured, sometimes when when our starters get injured, that opens up opportunities. Right now, people are laughing at me when I was stating that I think the Saints are going to uh, shock the world with these cornerbacks that they got. Because I want you to understand that that uh, your boy Ken Crawley was in 2017 was rated uh by pro weekly he was one of the he had uh one of the uh, a rating of 90. matter of fact king crawley was playing decent so i'm just saying for a guy who got cut a guy who just getting another opportunity it you know I, it, it doesn't it takes us back to mike mckenzie coming off the street it can happen with the saints you know if we apply pressure on the quarterback we don't give matthew stafford a lot of time the guys might not look so bad as we think, okay? So that's all, and, and that's just me being objective and being as far as, like, giving an opening for our our fans or some kind of hope. You know what I'm all, saying? All I know is uh, the, the, the middle of the field going to be open all game long uh, in this game because there's no way in hell if I'm a defensive uh, coordinator and I'm not playing cover two the entire game. Right, right. Like, you're going to have to. Right. Like, you're going to have to. So, those linebackers going to have to step up in this game. But, Everett, man, like always, great analysis, my brother. Uh, the baddest uh, sports show in the deep south. Y'all check out his Facebook page. And uh, keep on doing what you do, my brother. You know what I'm saying? If you got time, feel free to call back after the game. Yeah, man, but that's Everett right there, man. Good, solid dude. Man, we're going to go to your boy, Jay, man. What's going on? TJ, man, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing all right, man. We're talking about this game. Uh, how do you see it going? Well, First, first, I want to um, commend you for what you said about this coaching staff. I've been saying it since we won. This coaching staff, they're very cocky. They're very arrogant. They think they could just walk around with their, their chests up. That they, they, They're all big and bad. I don't I don't see it. Um, personally, last week I had us uh, beating the Packers by a field goal. I, well, see how that went. This week, I actually got us beating the Lions. Mm -hmm. Maybe like 34 to 30, you know, Stafford yeah. going for like 500 yards on us. <laughs> Real, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want to touch on what you said about Sean Payton. Like mm -hmm. I have not seen nothing from him this year. That makes me sit here and say, Oh, this guy, he, he wants it this year. He wants it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. You know, uh, the whole COVID thing happened last night. The players barely got any sleep. I've been yeah. saying people on Twitter say that, um, you know, oh, Sean Payton going to come out. He, he He's frustrated. He's going to come out. I don't see that happening. You know, him and Drew Brees have this bromance that's it, – it, you, you, you can't get in that box. You can't mm -hmm. get in it. You don't have the keys. You ain't getting in it. Right. If Sean say, Drew, I want you to go out here and throw that ball, he's going to go out there and probably just chuck it down five yards and yeah. say, hey, I threw the ball. You know, what else you want me to do? We have to establish the run. We have right. to come out here and be the dominant football team and show these guys, hey, hey, we're we not playing. We're going to run the ball down your throat every play. Yeah. But um, there's something I saw, I think, like two days ago mm -hmm. about Cam Jordan. They said Cam Jordan has surgery in the offseason. Right. He's in, he's in, he's in tip-top shape, but they say he hasn't gotten to that speed yet. He hasn't 
he's getting chipped by linebackers. He's getting double teamed. You know what I mean? And everything that's going on with him, I hope he's okay. I hope everything's with him is all right. But um, Ken Crawley, oh God, Ken Crawley, oh my God. Um, I don't. I, I just don't get it, man. I, I just I don't, don't get it. I, I don't get why they they just keep on bringing these guys back and not and not uh, having. Uh, the confidence in some of these younger players. Can you imagine, like, just being a younger player and you out there putting your best foot forward in practice and you feel like you're developing and all of a sudden you see a guy walk right through the door and be like, okay, he's going to start over me? I'd be pissed. Like, I seriously, I'd be pissed, man. And I feel like they're the ones that that be killing the morale of some of these young players because they, they don't feel like you got the confidence in them. You know? And, and you, you're spending too Speaking much time. That, uh, go ahead. Speaking of that, um, there was an interview yesterday. Nick Underhill tweeted, there was an interview yesterday with the coaching staff, and it's it's laughable that I'm about to say this. They asked the coaching staff, why would you bring King Carly back? Like, what? You got got Keith Ward. You got a guy who who has six interceptions in camp, showing out in camp. Why would you just bring a dude that got cut right on in the door? Like, hey, welcome back. The, The response they said was, Ken Crawley is better prepared. I don't, I don't, I don't see what they see. Better prepared. It what? what better prepared for know, what? what? I don't, I, I don't, know. I don't get it. I, I just, oh man, I'm, we we we're gonna have to. It's gonna take a miracle from Jesus <laughs> if, if they're gonna cover out here today because it's, <laughs> it's not gonna look pretty. I don't know, man. Like I said, I think if they play cover two, um, I think they should be okay. But it's just my concern is just in the middle of the field, like Hawkinson and Jesse James. I feel like those two tight ends are going to eat in this game. Uh, I feel like the Saints are going to really go into this game, nothing cheap, nothing deep. And they're going to be willing to, like, allow the Detroit Lions to, you know, matriculate the ball downfield more so than, you know, try to take the top off. But and who are we kidding, man? I mean, the guys that they have in the starting rotation, they're going to be starting that corner. I mean, none of those guys, I could just say, have, like, just this, this true confidence in that Marvin Jones won't eat, Kenny Galladay won't eat. I mean, it just – I don't know. I, I just think that this coaching staff uh, needs to reevaluate the way that they look at talent and have the patience, you know. I, I just don't th- – I, I think we look at Sean Payton and we talk about how impatient he is in a running game, but I just think just looking at Sean Payton, I think he's impatient in every aspect of his life and and, and his coaching is starting to destroy it. But uh, uh, your boy, Jay, thank you very much, man. Feel free to call back anytime, my brother. Appreciate it, TJ. All right, man. Yeah, man, your boy, Jay, right there, man. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Mike says, uh, so you're blaming the coaching, so you're not blaming any of these players. Let me Let me explain something to you, Mike. Let me explain something to you, my brother. I'm blaming both of them, all right? But I'm mostly blaming the coaching staff. If you got a team, right? If you got a team, and let's just say, for example, one of the players just so happens to be your nephew, right? And your nephew isn't that good, right? But you just, and you have a player that's on a bench that probably just moved into your town. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're staying in a small town and you decide to have him on the bench, but he's good and he's better than your nephew, right? But instead of you exercising that talent, your team is losing because they can't run the ball. Let's just say the kid on the bench can't run the ball. And every time he touches the ball, he goes yelling. 
But you decide to keep on sticking with your nephew because you're like, man, my nephew going to get it. He going to get it. He going to get it. And you got this guy on the bench. Somebody tell me what's the point of that. Whose fault is it? Is it is it the player's fault that you're not understanding that he's not good enough to play it? Or is it your fault because you can go out here and use this young kid that's on the bench with potential to do what you need to do and help you win games? That is what the Saints issue. That is why I'm blaming the coaching staff. How much do you have to see out of Kent Crawley? Kent Crawley was a starter back in 2017, just like Everett, uh, you know, said. He was a starter, opposite of Marshawn Lattimore, and did a good job. Then after that, he was he regressed. He regressed so much that this guy was in sweats and a hoodie by the time he left the Saints, right? There's a reason why you cut this dude. There's a reason why you cut him. There's a reason why he's no longer in the starting rotation, not even on special teams. There's a reason why. But instead of you getting this young kid out of West Virginia who is really good, has a lot of potential, get his guy a shot, throw him in there. If he screws up, seriously, folks, if this kid screws up, could it be any worse than what we've seen from the secondary? Like, seriously. I mean, if the guy comes in and he just don't have it, would you really be that upset? Like, as sorry as the secondary been playing all season long, would you really just sit up here and just be like, man, that dude sucked? Like, I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen. And we ain't seen this from guys that are supposed to be really, really good. So if he was to go out there and it don't pan out, then fine. At least you know that you don't have something there. But for you to go out here and get a guy off the street, who couldn't make the team with Arizona, couldn't make the team with the with the Dolphins, you bring him back, all of a sudden he in your starting rotation? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So am I, am I blaming the players? Yeah, I blame the players, but I blame the coaches too. Parading P.J. Williams out there on the field, P.J. Williams just wants to be a starter, right? If you give P.J. Williams an opportunity to go out there and play, he going to play. It's up to you. You know for a fact that P.J. Williams just ain't got it in all aspects of coverage, right? Like, he can tackle really well, right? He can tackle really well. He's probably the best tackle that you have in the secondary. But his coverage skills are horrible. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. What more do you need to see out of this guy? You got to learn to go in different directions. You got to. So am I blaming the coaching staff? Absolutely. Because this coaching staff's job is to make sure that they have the right 53. The right players playing the right way with the right technique all the time. So am I blaming blaming the coaching staff? Hells yeah. For not holding these guys accountable and not getting the right guys into this locker room that's going to give you the results that you need. So I'm definitely blaming the coaching staff on that. And, and, and I said it with my chest, and I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it again twice because it's Sunday. This coaching staff is responsible for putting the right players on the field. Go on and say Crawley ain't no good. Man, he just, he just man, he just not. He not. If Ken Crawley was any good, would, would he have been cut? Would he have been cut? TJ uh, hit on it early. We have to play cover two. Yeah, we got to play cover two, man. We got to play cover two, and we got to hope that Demario Davis and, and uh, Kaden Ellis and 
You know what I'm saying? Even throw Craig Robinson in there somewhere. You know, you got to make sure that these guys are actually covering uh, these linebackers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these uh, tight ends, excuse me. Uh, Mike says the whole game because if not, Stafford will have a field day against us. Yep. Sean Payton needs to be held accountable. He got too complacent. We need to make some changes in the offseason, starting with the coaching staff. You definitely need some new play, um, some, some new coaches on the staff. Uh, I feel like Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton has become has got to this point where he understands in the city of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, and the Gulf Coast region. He's like a godlike figure, right? He brought a Super Bowl to a snake bitten franchise that wasn't known for winning uh throughout their 50 uh what 53 years of existence right so all of a sudden he comes in he changed the narrative of how how people see saints football so he just feels like nobody can question him because who are you to question me before i got here you were nothing all right you know what i'm saying but at the same time look you got to be on your ish right y'all know i like to use the, uh, the example from david ruffin right look was david ruffin you know what I'm saying? A really good front man for the temptations. Yes. Did they get their first number one hit when David Ruffin sung My Girl? Yes. Okay. But at the same time, David Ruffin was more troubled than what he was worth. David Ruffin was showing up late. David Ruffin wanted to be the star of the show. David Ruffin wanted the, the rest of the temptations to fall back. And they got tired of it. So what they did, they got rid of him. All right. Not to say that David Ruffin wasn't talented. Not to say that they didn't understand his worth. But you know what I'm saying? When you go out there and just feel like you just the is all and the be all and nobody can't tell you nothing and you're nothing without me. Then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? People got to look at it like, hold up, bro. Wait a minute now. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you becoming a one, one trick pony here. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we can't get nobody up in here that can get these results. And no, I'm not saying the Saints need to fire Sean Payton. I'm just saying he needs to take a look in the mirror and not just be, just be a figure of speech. Every time a press conference takes place, the Saints lose. Man, we just got to look at ourselves in a mirror and, and, and look at our reflection and, and hope that, you know, what we see in the mirror is well, all we need to be. Now, nah, y'all need to seriously look in the mirror, especially Sean Payton, and, and really look at this team and look at ways how he can improve. Because I look at somebody like Andy Reid. I watched Andy Reid for a long time. When he was coaching Philadelphia, the way that he coaches Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs is night and day compared to how he coached the Philadelphia Eagles. Seriously, you got to learn to adapt. You got to learn to change. You can't be sitting up here throwing the ball to the same old dudes over and over again. Like, seriously, man, when the Saints throw the football, it's just different variations of the same play. They might move Michael Thomas from the left to the right to do a slant. They might move Elvin Kamara from the left to the right to catch a, catch a screen. Like, they do the same thing. They might put a different guy in there to block, you know what I'm saying, the same way as the guy who left the game. It's, it's just the same variation of the same play. And like I said, Sean Payton feel like you can't tell him nothing because he brought legitimacy to New Orleans. But I'm here to tell you this. I don't care what you brought. I don't care if you brought, you know what I'm saying, Cafe Dumas, if you bought the, you know what I'm saying, you brought Mardi Gras, if you bought a Super Bowl. I give not a damn. What have you done for us lately? What as fans, what have you done besides break our hearts by questionable play calling down the stretch? What have you done except make this team less of a threat than they should be? Yeah, I'm blaming the coaching staff. I'm blaming the coaching staff, folks. 
enjoy the ride, folks. It could uh, be a bumpy and uh, a lot of turbulence. Well, let me tell you something, Bobby. This team can easily get on track. This team can easily get on track if they trust one another. There's no trust on this team. For the exception of a few players, the inner circle, if you will, there's no trust for those other guys. None. Like, like you don't have to. Like, people like, TJ, how you know? How you know? All you got to do is look at the game. All you have to do, folks, is look at the game. Look at the way that this team plays. Look at the way that these plays are called, and you tell me if everybody trusts everybody. They don't. They don't trust everybody. They, they do not. You speak of nothing but facts. It all starts at the top with the head coach. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Why is it? Why is this happening? Right? People say, man, this player suck. This player suck. This player suck. How long have we been saying this, folks? How long? How long have we been talking about P.J. Williams? We sound like broken records right now. How long have we been talking about questionable secondary play? How long have we been talking about just some of the issues offensively? There is the same old song and dance. And if we as fans can see this, I know for a fact guys who be at the facility every single day know this. If I can watch the Saints games and I can tell you what play they're going to run before they do it, I know for a fact coaches who have been coaching football for 30 and 40 years know what's coming. Seriously. Something needs to change. You got to have tough conversations. You got to be able to let some of this lightweight go in order for your team to prosper. Do y'all remember when Joe Vitt and all them other coaching staffs, you know what I'm saying, guys were on here with Johnson, them same old fellas, them, them good old boys with that uh, Sean Payton had, and they were just out there just allowing this team to regress because he didn't have the balls to fire these guys and let these guys go. And no matter what coordinator you bring in, you're not allowing him to help, you know what I'm saying, help you bring in maybe some guys that can assist him to become better defensively. You want to keep on rolling with the same dudes. Dennis Allen, my goodness, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, who coached the, the Raiders to a uh, very, what did he had like nine wins total in about four or five years, right? He goes to Denver, he salvages his career, and then the Saints bring him back as their defensive coordinator. Now, I will make this. I will make this disclaimer here. The defense, as far as organization, was better. When Rob Ryan was the defensive coordinator, you had a lot of 12 men in a huddle. You had 10 guys in a huddle. Guys were getting smoked. You know what I'm saying? And very little accountability. He did bring a little bit of stability. But... You have to have tough conversations when guys are not giving you the production that you need, when guys are not doing what they need to do, when the secondary coach is constantly not holding these guys accountable when it comes to technique and ability. All I'm saying is this. It's time for you to start reevaluating and looking at guys. I ain't saying you got to sit up here and say you fire, you fire, you fire, but you need to, uh, you know, strike a little bit of fear in these guys and ask them what the hell is going on. Like, 
Tell you know what I'm saying? Ask that question. Not only do they hold on to guys too long when it comes to the players, they hold on too long with coaches too. Because, like I said, he had all his friends that were coaching with him all those years, right? You know what I'm saying? All those years. You know, he had the defensive coordinator, you know what I'm saying? I can't think of his name, but he was here for a whole bunch of years. The linebackers was getting roasted and toasted before Rob Ryan was here. We had, uh, you know what I'm saying, Bill Johnson, who was down on the defensive line. I mean, he ended up, he's in, he was the Rams now. Joe Vitt is with the Rams. It's like the same old song and dance, folks. It's like the same old song and dance. And they were just bringing those guys out here. And these guys were coaching these guys to get smoked, roasted, and toasted. And I'm seeing the same thing when it comes to this team. Sean Payton has to have tough conversations. The most important thing is winning. The most important thing is the New Orleans Saints franchise. I love every single player that comes through the Saints, all right? If you contribute in a certain way, I got love for you. But I am not going to sit up here and subject myself, if I'm the coach, to possibly causing myself my job because I want to stay loyal to a person. Like, that's what we want to do. We want to stay loyal. Oh, I love this person. Oh, they so great. Why y'all talking about this player, man? He done so much for us. He gave out turkeys on Thanksgiving like he was Bumpy Johnson in Harlem. He shook my hand one time when I seen him at the at the Winn-Dixie. I can care less. I'm about winning. I'm a Saints fan. Do you hear me? I'm not a, just a Drew Brees fan. I'm not just a Kamara fan or a Michael Thomas fan. I am a Saints fan. Fan, I didn't know who Alvin Kamara was back in 2004. I didn't know who Michael Thomas was back in 96. I am a Saints fan. The most important thing to me is the Saints winning games. All right, I, I can care less about my undying allegiance to anybody. I, I don't care. I don't care about you being at an autograph signing and and, and and talking about how nice this player was. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to win. I want to win. I said the same thing, TJ. Two predictable, stale, and questionable play calls has cost us at least two to three Super Bowl opportunities. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> it what really bothers me who that nation is when you have teams that are like 14 and 2, 13 and 3, and they make their way into the playoffs and they just coast through the playoffs with like no real trouble at all then you have a team like the saints be 13 and 13 and 3 and keep these guys around don't even flex their muscle and show no level of supremacy in a postseason play like they've been nine and seven they just backpedaled into the playoffs why why is that why is that folks that's that's all i'm asking why is that if you're better than this team for 13 games you have shown that you have are better than your opponent for 13 games. You showed that nobody can touch you. They go on winning streaks. This team goes on winning streak. They start streaking, which shows you like, okay, man, we're better than you. Then you get in the playoffs and you play like you've been the Dallas Cowboys for the last six or seven years, eight and eight. What the hell is going on here? What is going on? I live for Saints football each and every Sunday. Me too. Me too. Like I said, man, I love players on this team. I love the players, but I'm a Saints fan. Peyton would look terrible if the uh, Falcons beat the Packers. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just I just need some results, man. TJ, so I guess we can agree that Sean Payton is the big part of the problem. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, he is. He is. He is, he is the problem. Like, look. <laughs> He's the head coach of this team. His job is to put the right guys in place. I've said that already. He is the problem. He is. It starts at the top, okay? It, it starts at the top. Drew Brees, you know what I'm saying, checking it down, being checked down, Charlie, Charlie, check down, Captain, check down, is irrelevant, right? The, 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 the regression of Drew Brees, the decline of Drew Brees, I mean, I don't even hold Drew accountable. Drew Drew is basically, the, Drew's issue is fall the time. <laughs> I can live with that. Like, to be honest with you, I can live with that. Drew Brees is going to step on the field and do the best that Drew Brees can do at 41 years old. It is up to Sean Payton to look and analyze Drew Brees playing the game. P.J. Williams, number 26, is going to step on the field. It is up to Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, and, and secondary coach Aaron Glenn to look at what they see. Like, seriously. So they're going to step out there on the field. Because you give them the opportunity to step out there on the field. It's up to you to analyze and break down what they do well or if you feel like they're lacking. And I feel like you should not call plays for guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like you're behind the eight ball already. You, you should. You know what I'm saying? You're behind the eight ball already because you're putting a guy on there that struggles, right? And you're trying to make him stand out. You don't think teams watch tape on P.J. Williams knowing that he a defensive liability? You don't think they watch tape and watch that all you got to do is put your pass rushes in the A-gap and let them go straight up the middle and a six-foot, 209-pound Drew Brees is going to have a hard time seeing over? You don't think that teams do research on this? So why are you sitting up here trying to throw the football every single time, right? You don't think that, you don't think that Matt Patricia – Watch the Saints run for 154 yards in the first half only to run for 12 yards on six carries in the second half. You don't think he looked at that and said, well, yeah, all we got to do is weather the storm, folks. Okay, if we go out here and we get gas in the running game, all we got to do is just wait because we know Sean is going to try to throw the football all over the place. We know it. You don't think he knows that? I know it. Okay? And I ain't never coached a day in my life. So imagine what Matt Patricia knows. Imagine what his coaching staff knows. Imagine what they see. Sean Payton, his impatience cost the Saints games. <laughs> and the thing about it is coaches know that he his impatience is going to get the best of them. And they just wait for it. And they pounce on it, right? They just they just pounce on it. They they just, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, a lion is chasing after a gazelle. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? They, like they know eventually, you know what I'm saying? Like, all I got to do is just wait for it. It's going to go over here and drink by the lake. It's going to, like, I see it out there in the field and it's running fast, but eventually it's going to want a drink of water. And when it gets that drink of water, I'm going to pounce on it and I'm going to attack it. And that's what they do with the Saints. He's not going to run a football. He's not going to commit to the running game. What are we doing here? Yeah, Latavius Murray. Oh, boy, he's looking good, boy. Let's just wait. Let's just wait, man. Let's just wait. You know? Let's go ahead and set this rat trap. We know eventually this rat going to eat the cheese. PJ gets burnt in practice. PJ gets burnt in the game. Hell, I could probably beat PJ on a route 
and I'm 5'9", 250, I haven't played in eight years. <laughs> and the thing about it is what would really be killing me is when the Saints be doing reports and shouts out to Nick Underhill and, and all, you know what I'm saying, all the other reporters out there, you know, my guy Ride Walker, you know what I'm saying, my, my guy, uh, you know, John DeShazer. They just they just report what they see. And they always come out there and be like, man, PJ had a good practice. When I hear PJ had a good practice, I'm just wondering how bad the offense was. Like, seriously, like if you can't beat out P.J. Williams, that's that's a problem. OK, that, that's a problem right there. Right. I'm not impressed at all when I hear P.J. Williams had a good practice. Matt Patricia looks at uh, Peyton as a sucker. Well, Matt Patricia is a sucker himself. Like, let's, let's not get it twisted. Matt Patricia is a horrible head coach. I'm going to say it. Matt Patricia is, is a prime example of, you know, he he's a guy who looks good because another guy it looks great right and because that guy looks great it makes him look good right you had bill belichick who we know for a fact coaches the defense he coached in new york uh when he had a, a brief stint with cleveland he was the, he mostly uh, focused on the defense there and he focused on the defense with new england and matt patricia just so happened to be there Matt Patricia was nothing but a coach who had his hat turned to the back and put a pencil behind his head. That's it, right? And he trademarked that. And because you, uh, eventually, I guess, you know what I'm saying, if you walk around uh, looking like a big architect, I guess you can get a, a head coaching job, right? You know, the architect, they always got their pencil behind their head. You know what I'm saying? They got to go ahead and draw on the plans. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, that's the reason why he's a head coach. Maybe that whole shtick about him putting a pencil behind his, behind his ear, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you can have a minute pencil. You can have a number two pencil. You can have a Bic. Uh, you can have a Mead pencil. You can have a, a, a number two pencil that, that we take state standardized tests with. It's not going to make you a good coach, man. It's not. He's not a good coach. And the fact that Jim Caldwell ended up getting fired after he led the Detroit Lions to uh, multiple playoff appearances, but yet you want to keep around Matt Patricia. Seriously, dude? Like, seriously, Matt Patricia sucks. All right, that, that just that just calls spade a spade. This guy sucks. Not a good coach at all. All right, biggest mistake the Detroit Lions made, and I'm I'm saying this. That, I mean, I'm saying this about the Lions, right? I mean, we can all just pinpoint how many mistakes they've made over the years. I mean, from the hiring of Matt Millen, right? Horrible, horrible, making him the GM. From them drafting three consecutive wide receivers in the first round, Mike Williams. Charles Rogers and Roy Williams, right? Wanted to have a three-headed monster. Hey, g- give me a freaking break here. I mean, these guys going 0-16, putting Dan Orlowski in the, <laughs> in the game where he didn't even realize he was in the back of the end zone. Gave his own self a safety. I think we all can look at some of these mistakes. But Matt Patricia, in my opinion, is one of them, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I really don't care. Matt Patricia is horrible. So I'm not even going to put him in the same sentence as Sean Payton. I'm just saying – Sean Payne can get exposed because he exposes himself, but they had absolutely nothing to do with the coaching ability of Matt Patricia because he is not a good coach. And I know I probably got some Detroit Lions fans that's probably going to be checking out this podcast, but y'all know what it is, man. I don't feel bad about saying this because y'all know already. Y'all fight, y'all buying the time too, right? Y'all got y'all stopwatches. Y'all got the clock on the wall. Y'all looking at it because y'all know for a fact that this guy is about to get canned. So he's not good. He's not good. Gonna read a few more folks and then we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here, man. Uh, get ready for this game. Dr. Terrell says, as a Saint fan, I'm frustrated with Sean Payton because of his lack of patience and predictability of his play calling. 
we could be three and zero right now but sean payton refuses to consistently run the football said a mouthful right there tyrell and i agree with everything that you said the predictability the impatience and not to mention the lack of a running game <laughs> when you're running for almost 200 yards in the first half and you do not commit to the run in the second half sean payton is his own worst enemy sean payton coaches against himself i'm wondering if sean payton is having like an out-of-body experience or something like that um i don't know if you ever seen a movie us you know like the the you know what I'm saying? The, the lady goes down into, you know what I'm saying? Goes down into like this hall of mirrors or whatever like that. She finds, sees a Dondalinger, you know what I'm saying? A, a reflection of herself. And I'm just looking at it like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe this guy is walking into that hall of mirrors like us and he's coaching against himself. Because I don't know if he'd be coaching against the other player or the other coach over there on the other side. I think he'd be like, man. I don't need to run the ball. Nah, man, you don't need to run. You need to pass it, man. But if I if I pass the ball, they're going to think that I want to run it. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it. Like, bro, stop coding against yourself, man. Some things don't need to be as complicated as you make it out to be. Uh, TJ, do you think that defenses overall in college in the NFL is horrible? I, uh, I have been seeing terrible defensive play and horrible defensive coordinators. Uh, Brandon, look. In, in college, college is different from the pros, all right? On a college team, unless you like the University of Alabama, LSU, Georgia, something like that, you got very few players that are going to end up going to the NFL. Very few, okay? Some of those guys are probably going to be ended up being your accountant. Some of those guys are going to be whipping you into shape, being your, being a personal trainer at 24-hour fitness or planet fitness, right? It's just, it's just the truth, right? Guys... The guy that's probably blocking uh, for, you know, Matt Jones, you know what I'm saying, in college, probably going to end up working uh, on your taxes or, or, or trading on the stock market, right? Everybody's not going to go to the NFL. But it's different to me when you look at a defense in the NFL because these guys were told that they're good enough to be a part of this elite fraternity. Not in college. Like a, a player getting beat like, like Waddle, right? Uh, Matt Jones threw a pass to Waddle over, you know what I'm saying, like a deep pass. And Waddle, you know what I'm saying, caught the ball, turned on the Jets, and, and outran the the uh, secondary from – who were they playing, Texas A&M? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they were playing Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. So it's pretty obvious that, okay, Waddle is just better than those guys. Ten, ten yards of separation comes all the time in college. Ten yards of separation when you're in the NFL, like that's a busted play. So I look at defenses completely different. Like, come on, man. If you ever watch Big 12 football, <laughs> give me a break. Very little defense being played there. So I don't, I don't, I don't expect for those guys, all those guys to just be playing elite lights out defense. I, I don't see that. I, I can't. There's a reason why those games be like 65-62. Like, you ain't about to see no 65-62 game, no NFL consistently. You're not. It's because these guys know what they're doing. They're professional. So it's, it's different when I say that. TJ, we need your brains on the coaching staff. Uh, I disagree with that. I, I'm just a look. I'm just a fan. At the end of the day, I just go by what I see, and look, I, I don't, I don't have the skills and the knowledge that Sean Payton have. You know, I, I will concede, but I, what I do see is a coach that can't get out of his own way right now. And lastly, uh, Anthony says, "Be careful of your criticism of Matt Patricia. They just might win against us today." 
the way Peyton uh, coaching, uh, they might get out coached. Anthony, I still stand by what I said. I don't care. Like, even if even if the Lions win a day, Anthony, I'm still going to feel the same way. I still say Matt Patricia not a good coach. And the Detroit Lions fan base knows this. Detroit knows this, man. I'm not telling them nothing they don't already know. And I don't feel bad saying this. So even if he just so happens to beat the New Orleans Saints team today, it, just, it still don't mean that they ain't about to get beat next week or he's about to not make the playoffs again. And he's going to get canned. So you can have a good game the day if they beat the Saints, and I'm pretty sure you know they'll, you know, he'll be jumping around and cheering like Josh McDaniels did when he beat Bill Belichick when he was the coach of Denver. But you still suck. You're still not a good coach, and nobody believes that you can lead this team to the playoffs. Not even your fan base. So even if they beat the Saints, my my criticism of Matt Patricia stays the same. But I want to say thank you all very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for those that called in. Uh, Jay, uh, my guy Everett, uh, who that Davis, man, so many of you, man. And, and be sure, uh, if you didn't get an opportunity to call in or, or put a video call in, you can always do so during a post-game show. And um, I will be putting up a quick halftime analysis of the game. So be on the lookout for that. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast, facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Uh, check it out on iHeart, or Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and also continue to send those snapshots in. And you still got a chance, man. You still got opportunity to win a custom State of the Saints Podcast mask, courtesy of maskmarket.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints Podcast. Till next time, hope we have a good game. Oh, yeah. And before I go, I don't know if people heard this. I got the Saints winning this game. I got them winning 34 to 31. So I don't know if people knew that already. And, you know, so I just want to let that be known. 34 to 31 Saints. I think they will be able to uh, get this win by Will Lutz field goal. Till next time. All I got to say is who that?